Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome back to the movie mausoleum. I am your movie grave robber, TV's Noah Houlihan. You have joined me tonight to rip apart another Razzie movie because it's Razzie Month. With me is no one. I'm here all alone once again bringing you another lovely slice of solo episode because uh, it turns out this this movie is scurry. And it was so scurry that Laura did not want to attend. So it's just you and me hanging out, being buds, talking about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. So let's jump right into this movie because this is something else, this film. Now, and I, I, I want to stress this. Every time Plus Two Comedy uh, puts out one of these here Stay Doomed videos, you can head on down to the description, and there you can see something that says, Hey, want to watch along with us? Here's a YouTube link. Or watch it on Peacock, which you can watch this movie on Peacock. This is one of those times where I'm going to tell you, don't. Don't bother. And it's not so much that it's super offensive or super unenjoyable. It is simply you listening to this podcast will be enough. Like, there is nothing that I'm not going to talk about that you would gain by watching the film. The film is so shallow that if you were to watch the trailer for this movie... You've seen this movie. All you have to do is watch the trailer, and anytime your brain goes, oh, I wonder what happens to that character, just know that the answer is they die. And anytime your brain does that, it's like, oh, how are they going to get out of this one? They don't. They just die. There's very little value in what we're about to go through. So... I want you to join me and not bother watching this one because there's no need. You got me. We're hanging out. Let's talk about this. The opening to this movie makes it seem like you're in for at least a good time. Dare I say, makes you feel like you're about to watch a good movie. Because the start of this film is a cartoon. And it doesn't look like the Disney cartoon. It is actually rather reminiscent of the original sketches in the original Winnie the Pooh books. And it tells the story about how Christopher Robin stumbles upon these creatures in the Hundred Acre Woods. The Hundred Acre Wood is just an actual forest not in his imagination, and the creatures are not his stuffed animals. They actually exist. Uh, I believe they're actually called abominations. A young boy named Christopher Robin came across some most unusual adolescent creatures, crossbreeds, who some would describe as abominations. But we have Pooh, we have Piglet, we have I believe rabbit, and I believe owl, but no tigger. This is because t 
Tigger is not public domain when this movie is created. Pooh and his friends went public domain in 2023. Tigger will not be public domain until the next year, which is now 2024. So there's no Tigger in this movie, and a lot of people complained about it. There was a lot of uh, like commentary on this film. Everybody was covering it online. There was a lot of memes about it because, oh my God, it's a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. And everyone's making the same kind of jokes of like, where's Tigger? Where's his big red shirt? And you need to understand that Winnie the Pooh becoming public domain does not mean Disney's Winnie the Pooh became public domain. It means the IP is, is public domain, but not the version that Disney created. So you can do your Winnie the Pooh stuff, but you can't make him look like Disney's Winnie the Pooh. Uh, and Tigger, not there yet. Tigger was in a later book, so he has not become public domain yet. And we learn that Christopher Robin stumbled upon these creatures and would steal food to keep them fed. He would steal food from the kitchen and keep them fed. And then one day, Christopher, Le uh, Christopher Robin leaves. He, he, I don't want to say he abandons them, but they feel abandoned because Christopher Robin goes off to college or to university. It's a British film. Eventually, Christopher had to make the hard decision to leave his friends to attend college, to become a doctor, requiring them to fend for themselves once more. And I find it very interesting because I, I believe that that is kind of a plot point in one of the, the Winnie the Pooh Disney versions where, like, Christopher Robin kind of grows up. And we also had that Winnie the Pooh movie not too long ago, the, the live-action one where an older Christopher Robin goes back and kind of recaptures his imagination, such and such and such and such. So what basically happens is, without Christopher Robin there to give them food... They grow hungry. And they do this great thing where through animation, uh, they're standing there and there's a lightning flash. And after the lightning flash, you see their ribs because they're starving. And they have no choice but to eat one of their own. So they eat Eeyore. And in what's basically the best shot of the film, they show Eeyore's grave which is just like a signpost that they have nailed his tail to. And his tail's kind of like blowing in the breeze. Oh, when I saw that, I was like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a movie. Let's go. They became feral and developed a hatred to all things human and returned to their animalistic roots, swearing never to talk again. Prepare yourself for disappointment. Uh, I'm going to have you go through the ride the way I did, which I want you to understand. I'm going to say some stuff in this review that's incorrect that I don't discover till later, but you're experiencing this through me, so that that's the experience you're going to get. You won't get this experience elsewhere. If you've seen other people re review this movie... It won't be like this because they're going to get it correct and I'm going to get stuff wrong and then realize later how wrong I am. So get excited for that. We have Christopher Robin returning from uh, 
university now with his wife, his new wife. And at sometimes they say like it's 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 confusing because Christopher Robin says like you are soon to be the new uh, Mary Robin, like it's his fiance. But later he'll say his wife. So they they can't keep the the story straight themselves. Now as they're going through, uh, he's like, "You got to meet them. You're gonna meet Pooh. You're gonna meet Piglet. They're so wonderful." And there's this little bit of like, "You don't believe me, do you?" And she fires back with like, "I believe you imagined it. Everybody had an imaginary friend, but I think it's all in your head." So, few things. One, he was doing this until he left for college. So he was playing with these imaginary friends that he thinks are real until he's 18. That's the, that's what his fiance believes. Uh, and still wants to marry him or has married him. Who knows? Uh, two... He brings up this whole idea of, I found them and I was bringing them food. I don't know where they were getting food before then. But assumably, they were able to do that. But then when Christopher Robin leaves, it's immediately cannibalism time. Uh, And finally, I felt like they were planting these wonderful seeds of, you need to question everything you're going to see in this film. You don't know if Winnie the Pooh is real and murdering people or if it's Christopher Robin in disguise. And I was so ready for that film. We will not be watching that film. What we see instead is they kind of go through these trees and there's all of a sudden his fiance is like, it's not safe. It's not safe. I don't like it. It's not, it's not safe. And they end up through these trees in this weird, like, fire pit and also, like, trailers. Like, those big metal baked potato trailers are there for some reason. What's not around ever in this film is a cave. Like, the cave from the cartoon where they ate Eeyore, we will never see that. And they they also have, like, they stumble upon, like, this treehouse. And, like, it's kind of a house, but it's kind of like a treehouse. And Christopher Robin says, I remember this place. It's bigger than I remember. Which... If it's a place that you used to go as a child and now you're coming back as an adult, usually you'd say, it's smaller than I remember because you used to fit in there because you used to be a little guy. But I think what they're trying to imply is Pooh and Piglet have gotten much bigger and now need more space because they are larger individuals. They've also grown up. Which... If they're able to build houses, why why do they got to resort to cannibalism? They should be able to hunt and forage 
for porridge and honey rather than whatever they're doing. They're looking for uh, for these characters and they find like a drawing and I don't think we as the audience ever saw the drawing. But she's like, is this you? And Christopher Robin's like, yeah, but I don't know why they would do this. And then all of a sudden they hear a noise and then they hide. And we it's a good like little horror movie sequence where like you see boots, but you don't get to see the characters, which would be really impactful for when you finally got to see Piglet and Pooh if they weren't all over the trailers, all over the posters, all over the promotion of this. No one went into this movie not knowing what these characters look like. So they're hiding, like, under beds and, and, like, scared for hours because night falls. And then I guess they finally think, oh, whoever these creatures are, they're asleep. It's time for us to leave. So they try to sneak out when Piglet jumps out and wraps a chain around his wife's throat. And uh, she's just getting choked out. She's getting choked out. And Christopher Robin is screaming. Piglet, don't. Piglet, it's me. Please, that's my wife or fiance. I don't, I can't keep my story straight. Please, Piglet, please. It's me, Christopher Robin. Please don't do this. Please don't hurt her. To the point where I rewinded the film because I was like, I guess he's caught in a bear trap. Like, why isn't he physically doing anything? And the answer is, there's no reason. He stands idly by pleading and watches his wife die and never does anything in an attempt to help her. And also, Piglet's like behind her, choking her with a chain and she's strangling But when she dies, she falls forward into the chain, which if Piglet's pulling the chain on her neck behind her, she would fall back (laughs) because now there's no resistance from the alive person. Instead, now that there's no resistance, she's able to overpower Piglet and fall forward? I don't know. She falls on the on the hood of this car, which, by the way, there's a car. Who knows why? And there is, like, a weird shot of her body just laying there. And I'm like, that's a suspicious shot. And then we cut to Pooh and Piglet surrounding Christopher Robin. And Christopher Robin is yelling, like, Please, this isn't you. You're my friends. I'm sorry I left. I'm sorry I I didn't mean to abandon you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I think that's a bad leap of logic. Like, I think narratively, they needed the audience to understand that the reason they're acting this way is because they felt abandoned by Christopher Robin. But Christopher Robin thinks he's going to see his good friends. He makes the jump from 
what's happened to you, what's wrong with you, this isn't you, to, oh, this is because you're mad at me, far too easily, in my opinion. Pooh and Piglet get him, and it cuts back to a cartoon. And they cut to them bringing him to the cave that we, we will never see in live action, showing him the bones of someone or, or something. The thought I had was, oh, this is Eeyore. But they buried Eeyore because you saw his grave. It should be noted, you actually can see his grave in the live action parts, but I think it's in the background and it was such a good bit that they added it like front and center in the cartoon because they wanted everyone to see it because it's such a good bit. But if it's Eeyore, that means he's buried. So it should, his body shouldn't be in the cave unless they're trying to explain why rabbit and owl are gone. Now, like they also had to eat them, which why didn't they get buried then? They then show a wrapped up body being thrown into a fire. And I'm like, oh, I guess they killed Christopher Robin. And it should be mentioned that there's a narrator over the cartoon parts. And uh, in the very beginning, I should have said this much earlier. Uh, when they're upset that Christopher Robin left and they eat Eeyore, it destroyed their humanity, and they vowed never to speak again. Ooh. So, my understanding is they're mad at Christopher Robin. They grab Christopher Robin. They kill Christopher Robin. And then it says, Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey. And I'm like, oh, this movie could end right now and it would be pretty good. Like, the the first 15 minutes of this feel like the proof of concept that they show you right before asking you to support their Kickstarter campaign. Like, I really felt like they were going to show us all this. It was going to say, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And then the director was going to be like, Hi, I need... One million dollars to create the best, bloodiest horror movie starring Winnie the Pooh. This is just a proof of concept. This won't be in the movie. We're going to get better actors because these guys are not great. But this is just the idea of what's going on. Because I should also be noted that it is very clear how fast this was made because there's very clearly no script. Throughout this entire film, it's very clear that the direction is like, okay, so you're scared. <laughs> and they're just like, what do we do? Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, I'm so... Like, characters say how they feel constantly. And it's just a lot of, like, repeating what's around them. <laughs> like, oh, what if they come? If they come, and they'll kill us. And then what if we're dead? I'm so scared. Like, that's, that is a theme of this film. <laughs> but that being said, the first 15 minutes is a decent short film that, like, has its flaws, but is overall fun, effective, well shot, and has good ideas in it. 
But then the rest of the movie happens. So call me newfound glory because it's all downhill from here. We cut to Mary in therapy. And I'm like, wait, Mary's alive? But apparently when they did that shot of her like laying on the car that was trying to imply that she didn't actually die. So she's in therapy and her therapist is saying things like, you know, try not to relive the event. I know it was horrible, but, you know, try to put it out of your mind. Uh, You know, maybe you should get away. Go someplace so that you can feel safe. And she agrees. And it turns out her name's Maria, not Mary. I was like, oh, I guess I misheard it. But, or, or perhaps Mary is a spin on Maria in some way. Like Mary, Maria. Like, I, I, they start calling her Maria from this point. So she decides that she's going to go on vacation. So she grabs her, I'm telling you, Five identical friends. Like, all of these people look identical. One of them's blonde. One of them wears glasses. One of them has bigger boobs. But for the most part, part they, they look identical. And that's that's plot right there. The, the fact that one of them has bigger boobs. It's not just me being misogynist. That's going to come up. So, you know, stay stay with me. They're driving up there. But apparently, they took two cars. There's all the identical girls in one car, and then there's another car that has a redhead in it. And, like, she's the only one that looks different, but for some reason she's in her own car. The girls roll up on what appears to be a abandoned gas station, and Maria's like, I'll go see if there's gas. And she goes inside this very clear, like, covered in ivy and moss... <laughs> Gas station is like, hello, is anyone here? Is anyone here? Hello? There's no script. Hi. I don't think anyone's here. And on that, this guy kind of jumps out. I don't understand what happens here. But basically, the guy's just kind of there to say, oh, those gas pumps, they don't work. Look how old they are. But for some reason, it's shot with this perspective that makes him look like a hobbit. Like, it makes him look like he's only about four feet tall, despite the fact that he has, like, normal proportions. So it's clearly not played by a little person, but for some reason it's shot to make her look gigantic and him look so tiny. This will not come up. This is clearly just a mistake, but for some reason they make this man look super, super tiny. And that's all that happens in this scene. I would not bring up this scene if it wasn't for something that happens later. Not related to the scene, <laughs> but something that happens later will make me angry because of this scene. So then we have uh, our f- friend who's lost as the other girls make it to the cabin, which is like a mansion. They like It's in the 100-acre wood. They mention the 100-acre wood. But it's like this beautiful mansion. And one girl is lost and they keep calling to be like, hey, I'm lost. You said 100 Acre Wood, right? But the girls, because they're on vacation, have like decided to turn off all their phones because horror movie plot. So she leaves her car 
and just kind of starts looking around when she stumbles upon Winnie the Pooh. Now, Winnie the Pooh is wearing, like, overalls and a red flannel shirt because they can't use the Pooh shirt because that's still copywritten under Disney. So this is the public domain version. And Pooh just starts chasing her. And she's running, she's running, she's running. And then she finds like an open garage. Like not high open, but just open enough that she rolls under and then hides behind a wood chipper. This so reminds me of that Geico commercial about horror movies. Why can't we just get in the running car? You crazy? Let's hide behind the chainsaws. It's the same stupid logic. So she's hiding behind this wood chipper when Winnie the Pooh opens the garage and enters. And she's trying to be quiet. And Winnie the Pooh walks in and is looking around. Winnie the Pooh walks away. She's like, oh, good. And then, no, it's a jump scare. Winnie the Pooh grabs her and just starts bashing her head into the wood chipper. And for some reason, her shirt just explodes off. Like she's wearing a shirt and then suddenly she's wearing nothing. I'm guessing so people can go, ooh, boops. And then she's fed to a wood chipper. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the podcasting universe, it's not the 80s anymore. You see, back in the day horror movies used to be very sexually charged and, like, have a lot of nudity in it because they could get away with it there. And it was kind of like another reason for people to see horror movies is, oh, there's boobs in it. Uh, I had a film teacher who made a horror movie, and it didn't do well, so she he changed the title to Hell's Bells, to kind of like emphasize the fact that there are women in this and it actually did better because back before the internet, seeing boobs was pretty difficult. But now I could see boobs on my own time. I don't need them shoehorned into my horror movie, especially because it serves no purpose other than, hey, boobs. So we're already down a girl. But I also want to point out, Pooh kills this girl for no reason. Like, the, the, there's not a threat. It's just, I see person. Person must be dead. And I find it odd that Pooh knows how to function a wood chipper. That's, that's going to be a very minor complaint as we go further. But I'm setting the stage for you. I'm setting the stage. So we go back to uh, the the girls in the house, and there's just the hot girl with with uh, the big boobs just dancing, like she's in like a bathing suit, and she's just dancing because yay boobs. Uh, there's a brief reference that two of the girls are dating, and then uh, Maria takes us on a flashback. There's so many problems with this flashback. One. You've established that things that happened in the past are explained through cartoon, and you're not doing that again. 
And the cartoon was one of the best parts of the movie. So that's a strike against you already. Uh, Two, the flashback she's having, it's unclear, at least it was to me, whether or not this happened or if it was a dream. Because the plot of it is this, she had a stalker and the stalker broke in and tried to undress her while she was asleep. But if she's asleep, I don't know why she has all the context of how he broke in and him creeping up the stairs and all that stuff. So maybe it was just a nightmare. I also don't understand what this has to do with Winnie the Pooh. And for some reason, the guy who's undressing her in her sleep looks exactly like the guy from the gas station. To the point that I was like, oh, it was the gas station guy. Maybe this was a dream. And that's why she's freaked out because, like, she remembers him and now he's in her dream doing these things. None of this will be explained. None of this will really come up again other than the fact that Winnie the Pooh reminds her of the stalker, like, the same type of feeling. And, like, this is also part of the reason why they're on vacation is because of this stalking incident. Uh, I know this doesn't make any sense. And, again, you're on the ride with me. There's going to be kind of a twist later <laughs> that will explain a lot of this. So, so strap it. And if you're sitting there frustrated, don't worry, I'll fix it. Um, we then, this is, again, you're going to get frustrated. We cut to a house, and I don't know why we're in a house, but we cut to this house where Christopher Robin is tied up with his hands above his head. And he's beaten up and he keeps saying like, Pooh, I'm so sorry. It's me. You're not like this. And I was baffled because I was pretty sure he died in the cartoon, but I guess this is now a twist. And he's trying to explain to Pooh that he's sorry and he loves him and think of all the good times they had together. And Pooh kind of has a flashback, again, not a cartoon, but like an actual flashback, to Christopher Robin as a child. And like, they're playing together, they're on swings, he like gives Pooh an apple or a flower or something, something red. And there's just like this light around it, like that soft halo of like happy memory. And Pooh snaps and like breaks everything in the house. Because those memories are now hurtful to him because Christopher Robin abandoned him. So, Pooh grabs a skeleton and puts it next to Christopher Robin. And then has like this long chunk of hair. Now, I've done some research. No one seems to know what this hair is. Some people think it's Eeyore's tail. I don't think it's that because we saw Eeyore's tail like connected to his grave. Some people think it's his wife's hair. Some people think it's the hair of uh, the friend that was killed, but she went headfirst into a wood chipper. No one's really sure what this is. 
And he turns Christopher Robin around. And when he does that, we are now in the point of view of Christopher Robin. He gets turned and he's kind of like facing a window and a wall. And Winnie the Pooh just starts whipping him with this hair. Which, like, so many problems here. One, hair by itself would not work as a whip. Uh, I know Bianca Belair does it, but this this would not work. Uh, but, it, like, he's getting lacerations from this. Two, it is completely pointless to have a point of view shot here. Because it, like... From a directing point of view, the fact that it's Christopher Robin's point of view facing Winnie the Pooh when he turns around, the messaging that the director is giving us, the audience, is Pooh wanted Christopher Robin to see something. And that would make sense if it was like drawings of them together and like, or maybe like the repercussions of some, in some way of how, uh, Christopher Robin leaving affected them. Like if he looks out the window and he saw Eeyore's grave and he was like, this is for Eeyore, something like that. But it's just a wall. Like, so there's no reason to use that shot. And then he turns on like a shower and blood comes out. So this brought up a lot of questions for me. One, why is this movie called Blood and Honey? There's honey in it where they kind of, like, Pooh kind of eats some honey at some point. And there's blood in it. But there's no, like, plot of, like, we need to mix honey and blood to survive or anything like that. There's no reason that that is the subtitle for this film. Two, and I think this is an important thing to bring up, and I'll, so I'll bring it up now. I'm pretty sure everyone in the audience that has seen the trailer kind of assumed it was like hillbillies in Winnie the Pooh and Piglet masks. That's not the case. Like that's supposed to be his actual face. Like he is some sort of weird bear abomination and Piglet is some weird pig abomination. I feel like I didn't bring that up, but I think that's important because it was a point of confusion for me for quite some time. Now, I know what you're wondering. What is Big Boob Girl doing at this time? Well, let me tell you. She is in a hot tub by herself being sexy. Like, there's more sexy dancing, and she's like, you know what I need to do? Sexy selfies. So she's taking these sexy selfies of her in the hot tub, having a great time with the girls, even though the girls are nowhere to be found. And when she takes the picture and looks back through them, she sees Winnie the Pooh in the background. And she yells, Are you the guy stalking Maria? Gets no response, and it's just like, Alright, I guess I guess everything's fine then. And just goes back to just being in the hot tub. Like, she sees Monster, confronts Monster, blows off Monster. Winnie the Pooh and Piglet grab her, and, like, knock her out. When she wakes up, she is hogtied in the driveway. Why would they do this? Why do Piglet and Pooh 
care about this woman. And if they're savages, why didn't they just kill her? Well, it's because Piglet is kind of making sure she doesn't move with a sledgehammer. Just keeping a sledgehammer kind of on her back. Even though she's hogtied, she's not going anywhere. And gagged, of course. And Pooh slowly runs over her head with a car. Where did they get this car? Why does Pooh know where to, how to drive? Why did they choose to kill her in this way? If they were just going to kill her, why go through the trouble of hog-tying her and then running her over? These are questions that will never have answers. And this is like an image I remember from the trailer that I was like, I wonder what happens there. Nothing. She she gets run over. Her eye pops out. It's very gruesome. But it's just kind of a thing that happens. It's an effect the directors knew they could do, so they did it, but didn't write any plot around it. It's once again, stuff happening. The girls discover her body and freak out, so they run inside and they realize the front door was open, so they don't know if, if they're alone in the house. And written in blood on the windows, just blood, not blood and honey, just blood, it says, get out. Why would Pooh and Piglet say that? The house isn't important to them, so it's not like they're protecting the house. Do they want the girls to just get out of the open so that they can kill them? Wouldn't this ruin the element of surprise if they're already in the house? Why can Pooh and or Piglet write in English? These are questions that will not be answered. So the girls, this this might be my favorite moment. The girls are trying to decide what to do. And our main character, Maria, says something like, we have to call the police. And then a girl in glasses responds just with breathing. Just... Come on. We need to call the police. Because there's no script and no one knows what to do or say at any point besides be scared. I think that's the only direction that they were given. So what are the girls to do? Well, of course, they split up. Uh, Our main character ends up with Glasses Girl and these two girls who are lovers uh, uh, are a team. Glasses Girl and Maria, they they have a gun. They find it. They have like a huge gun, like kind of the gun that DJ has in the Meg too. Like it looks like that. Uh, meanwhile, the the lovers they uh, they kind of see Pooh outside, so they hide where the indoor pool is. And the indoor pool, it's it's like you know how like at swimming competitions, the pools are broken up into lanes. It's one lane. Of a swimming pool. Like you can't. It's like this big long rectangle. It's it's a. They're swimming in a lowercase l. Okay. You can't play Marco Polo. You can't make a whirlpool. Nothing. Uh, and they're kind of like hiding in there. They say that they love each other. Just you know to remind you that there's love. And Piglet just kind of like bursts out of the wall. Uh. In my mind, wouldn't this be better if this was like a mud room? 
because pig. One of the girls is just knocked out on a shove. Like there's a shove and she falls she falls and she's she's like a WWE referee. She's just unconscious because something touched her. Uh the other girl jumps in the pool to try to get away. So Piglet takes his chains and is just kind of like meh, like like trying to fish her out, I guess. Like she he completely ignores the unconscious girl and is just kind of like fishing with his chains, going, nyeh, nyeh. Uh, the chain also very clearly floats, which is great. And one that once that doesn't work, he goes and gets his sledgehammer and enters the pool. Now, personally, I would have cut the whole chain bit because there's no reason to have it, and it looks bad. Piglet, who I cannot stress more, is wearing Tim's, a flannel shirt, and overalls, walks into the pool and starts stalking this girl. The girl then tries to, like, swim away. And, like, I understand that it's, like, a lane. But, like, this is very much the Prometheus school of running away, where it never occurs to them to, like, make a left. Because the it's not deep. Like, Piglet's walking the whole time. So it's it's probably only about four feet deep. You can kind of jump and then use your triceps to get out of this pool and then run away. And it would be very easy to run away from Piglet, who's now submerged in water and would have to pull out his heavy boots, his soaking wet flannel, and his <laughs> his soaked overalls. That's going to make him much slower. But instead, Piglet just kind of walks towards her. She can't swim away fast enough. And when she gets to the end of the pool, she's like, I have nowhere to go. Like, the idea of getting out of the pool never occurs to her. And he swings the sledgehammer like it's a baseball bat and explodes her head. Her head explodes like the girl's shirt in the earlier scene. And luckily, Unconscious Girl wakes up just long enough to see this and screams. Uh, It should also be noted, I don't know who it is, but some of the, a girl gets carried off at some point and I don't know what happens to her. Uh, And you're just going to have to deal with that as a listener because that's how I I dealt with it as a, a movie watcher. I don't remember who this girl was, but one of the girls gets carried away. The girl who got knocked unconscious wakes up just in time to see her lover get hit by a hammer. She screams, and then she just goes back to sleep. (laughs) She's like, no! She falls asleep, and uh, Pooh grabs her and takes her away. She ends up like tied spread eagle to this like board, and... Pooh has like, he eats some honey and he's got honey on his face and it like, it's dripping down onto her and like, maybe he's trying to coat her in honey because blood and honey, I don't know. But this girl's like looking up at Pooh. She can't move. She's tied spread eagle and Pooh just starts slapping her. Like just starts slapping her in the face. Just like slap, slap. Slap, slap, slaps her like six times, and then she's knocked out again. 
So it's incredible that like being shoved by Piglet, immediate unconscious, seeing uh, her girlfriend uh, get destroyed with a sledgehammer, immediately unconscious after a scream. All right, so not immediately, but takes like five vicious bear swipes to the face before that sixth one knocks her out. And then Pooh, um, Pooh wanders off <laughs> after the slapping. So Glasses Girl and Maria, uh, they follow Pooh in an attempt to save their friend. Uh, they find her unconscious. They wake her up and they untie her. They then run into uh, another room. Get ready. Here, here comes the twist. Ready? They run into another room and they find Christopher Robin. And she's like, you got to help me. You got to help me. And they untie him. And Christopher says, thank you so much. And Maria goes, you're welcome. I'm Maria. And my head explodes. This is not Christopher Robin's wife the whole time. Despite the fact that they look identical and the fact that I got Mary and Maria and I just assumed they were the same person with just like nicknames, they actually don't know each other. None of these girls that have been murdered have any connection to Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and the events with Christopher Robin. They are just some random girls that got a cabin in the Hundred Acre Wood. It should also be noted that during, like, the beginning part, like, let's, like, go back, right? We watched Christopher Robin get kidnapped. We watched the cartoon. The cartoon showed a body getting burned. We were supposed to put together that that was his wife, not him. Uh, And... Then we get, like, the title card with all this, like, news reports and news clippings of, like, uh, the Hundred Acre Wood massacres, another body has been found, um, persecuted, not persecuted, mask. what's the word I want here? Not massacred, mutilated. Mutilated bodies have been found, no leads, and all this other stuff. And this girl, who is unconnected, whose trauma is that she's taught, like, I'm so frustrated. They show us all of that, and then they cut to a therapy session about a tragic event, but it's not any of the ones we were just shown or talked about. It's completely unrelated. Like, that's just bad narrative storytelling. Like, why would you do it that way? Like, you show us all this stuff, and it's like, all right, now this is unrelated. And that also means that she was like, I'm going to go relax in the Hundred Acre Wood. I've never watched the news or read a newspaper or talked to a person around here. Because if there was a bunch of mutilated bodies found in the woods, I I think I'd see that on Facebook. You know, the glasses girl, (laughs) dead lover girl, Maria and Christopher Robin, they kind of have like a brief talk and then they hear screams. And they're like, that's our other friend, I think. Uh, And Christopher Robin's like, oh, if you've got to go handle that, that's cool. I'll be fine. Go help help her. I'll I'll be fine. Fine. There isn't any time. Just go. What is that dialogue? Like, this scene is very clearly we need Christopher Robin to get away. But we need them separated immediately after that. 
So here's a scene. They all meet. They kind of say each other's names to one another. And then it's like, all right, let's split up again. Christopher Robin, for an unknown amount of time, has been kidnapped, tortured psychologically and physically, is currently bleeding, sees people for the first time and who knows how long and is like, oh, do you guys do you guys got to take off? Because I actually have stuff I'm supposed to do. I mean, it's cool. Like we can meet up later or whatever. But yeah, if you guys got to run, you can run. Yeah, I know how to get out of here. It's fine. So stupid. And somehow that stupidity is topped in the next scene. They find this girl chained and tied up. And by they, I mean glasses girl, lover girl, and uh, Maria. They, she's totally... She's only been there for a, like, I think she's one of the friends. So she's not been there as long as Christopher Robin, but she's completely demolished in the face. Like, her eyes are all swollen over. She's terrible. Uh, They're untying her, and she goes, Poo, clouds. That's what they call themselves. They talk. broken English. We established... Like, one of the first things we established is when they lost their humanity, they decided that they would never speak again. Unless they were just like, hey, Piglet, it's me, Pooh. It's an important plot that we, we discuss each other here. Swearing never to talk again. I talk. broken English. My guess is what happened here is they filmed this out of order because it's a movie and they realized that Maria calls them Pooh and Piglet but has no way of knowing that that's their name. It would have made sense if it was Christopher Robin's wife who had survived the massacre and had seen them before, but that's not the case. There's no way that she would know their names, but later in the film, she's going to use their name. Like, watch out, it's Pooh. She's going to say that. So they had to justify that somehow Maria learns their names. And I think because there's clearly no script, they forgot to include that moment when they free Christopher Robin. Because Christopher Robin could have gone, uh, like, at, at any moment, there could have been like, what's happening? And Christopher Robin says... Their names are Pooh and Piglet. They've captured me. Something's wrong with them. We need to get out. That would have been a very easy and eloquent way to solve that problem. But instead, they're just like, oh, while they were talking in broken English, which why would they be in broken English? That like, first off, like clearly Christopher Robin knew how to talk to them and they knew how to talk then. And why are they talking at all? It's so frustrating. Uh, then. Oh, uh, like I'm just looking at my notes, getting more and more angry. They go to escape. And this girl that they've just found sees her reflection. And she's like, this is what they did to me. Ah, I need revenge. So she takes their gun. <laughs> And is like, I'm going to go kill Piglet. Come on, Piglet, where are you? Where are you? 
uh, and she like fires into the air. And Piglet's like, I heard gunshots. Piglet rolls up, and then they're they're like they're there's like around a fire, and they're kind of like looking at each other. And this is going to be our epic battle. And uh, she points the gun at Piglet and fires, and she's out of bullets. There was one bullet in the gun. One, like bullets go in in like a magazine. Like it's not like you can put in like I'm going to put in a bullet. Like, you always put in a bunch. And there's never, like, a scene of, like, Maria, like, I'm going to practice my shooting. I'm going to shoot some cans or something like that. Maria was afraid of a stalker and brought a gun with one bullet in it. That, mmm. She yells, why me at Piglet? Which is a fantastic question that we will never get an answer to. Why any of this is anything. She screams, why me? And literally my notes say, she just kind of dies. Like Piglet kills her in a completely non-spectacular way. It's just like, dead. They end up getting split up because Pooh and Piglet both deal with them. But uh, the, the girl with the dead girlfriend is able to knock out Piglet. And meanwhile, Glasses Girl and Maria uh, are being chased by Pooh. They end up in like a tight corridor, like they're kind of under roots of trees, and they're waving like fire at him, and this kind of keeps Pooh at bay. Was that ever a thing? Was Pooh afraid of fire? I don't think so. But it dawns on me at this point, that what should happen is that they should go through somewhere narrow and Pooh should get stuck. You know, because he's Winnie the Pooh. But truth be told, I don't know if they can do that. I don't know if that's too close to the Disney thing and thus would be copyright infringement. Or if it's just a thing they're not willing to risk. And I think that's really sums up a lot of the problems with the film is if they go too far in the references that we want to see, him being called silly old bear, him wearing the red uh, shirt, him just being a little black rain cloud, him getting stuck in rabbit's hole, uh, him saying, oh, bother, things like that. Those are things, elements that may not be public domain yet, and thus they need to be avoided. So either it's a complete failure on their part for not you know, making this more referential than they could be, or two, they're not allowed to do that, then why bother doing this? You know? Like, if you can't make it the thing that we really want it to be, then why bother? Well, oh, bother. It does. It did make like three million dollars in the box office uh, with like a hundred thousand dollar budget. So maybe money. Money is probably a solid, a solid reason. Piglet wakes up chained the exact same way that unceremoniously dead girl was chained up, and she's like, "Piglet, I know what you did." This is, it's time for revenge. This is for Maria. And she starts just whacking him. And she says some stuff like, you know how strong those chains are. They float in the pool. Uh, 
starts whacking him with the, the sledgehammer. And uh, Piglet starts, like, squealing. And she brings the, the sledgehammer up and, like, finally just smashes. Like, his head doesn't explode, but very clearly kills uh, Piglet. Pooh hears the screaming and is like, My friend runs back, sees Piglet's dead, picks Lovegirl up by the throat, and just feeds her a machete. Like, the machete goes into her mouth, into, like, a, a thing of wood, and then she's just kind of impaled there. So now she's dead, too. They all run away, and by they all, we're, we're down to two. We're down to Glasses Girl, and we're down to Maria. And as they're running, they run into this group of people. Now, I believe it's the group of people from the, uh, the, the gas station from before. That or apparently these directors only know people who look like creepy long-haired guy or attractive brunette. Like, those are the only people they know, and that's why everyone in this movie looks identical. It could it, it could have been the girl that groped Maria in her sleep, and she could have been like, no, not you! Like, like that would have been kind of good if, she, if the only car that they came across was the stalker finally showing up to be like, I'm here to stalk you, Maria. That would have been, like, at least interesting. But instead, it's just, like, this crew. And... It's very important. Maria says, like, we got to get out of here. It's poo. It's poo. And the guy responds, poo, are you on drugs? You're not friends. Who is? Poo, okay, we need to go now. Poo, you girls on drugs. This is her using the name poo, which, so they had to have her learn the name at some point. That's what I think happened with the scene where they free the, the chained up girl. Two, the response of, who are you on drugs? It is unclear if this is the guy saying, like, you're being attracted by poop and making, like, a poop joke. Or if the guy actually has the context of who Winnie the Pooh is, is in, like, the Disney version. And is like, what do you mean Winnie the Pooh is, tra- is fighting you? That's insane. What are you on drugs? I don't know why this line's in there. Actually, yes, I do. There's clearly no script, and they're just saying stuff. So the girls get into this truck, and as my notes say, Winnie the Pooh shows up, and the people in the truck decide to fight for reasons. Like, they all grab, like, weapons, and they're like, you're the guy that's harassing these girls? we're suddenly superheroes and they grab like tire irons and boards and stuff. And the girls are just like, let's just leave. And they're like, no, 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 we got this. It's time for street justice. And they go up and they just start whacking him. They just start whacking him with stuff. And like, it's having like kind of an effect. Uh, And then all of a sudden, Pooh stands up and he's suddenly like really big. It's like, The force perspective of when, to go back to Lord of the Rings, a hobbit is talking to, like, uh, Gandalf. Which means it's an effect that the directors know how to do. So that brings me back to the original time that we saw him in the garage. Was it on purpose? Or did they screw up? But they make Pooh look like Andre the Giant. 
Pooh goes for the slap again. Slaps this guy in the face and half of his face comes off. And now uh, we interrupt this broadcast to bring in uh, professional wrestling expert Scott Holiday from Plus Two Wrestling. Scott, what did you think about this? Scott Holiday here. This doesn't make any sense because the continuity of this move has been damaged. Basically, if you want to set up the idea that this big slap that Winnie the Pooh does is a finishing maneuver that can remove uh, a character's face, you can't have the girl who's tied up spread eagle no-sell it five times. She takes about six of these to the face and is fine for five of them and eventually gets knocked unconscious. So the continuity of what the effect of this move is has already been degraded. It's already hurt the credibility of this move because it takes six to knock out a small woman but it only takes one to remove the face of a grown man? That's bad continuity. If you want to set up a finisher, it only needs to happen once, and it needs to have that effect every single time. Thanks, Scott, for your your wrestling uh, view on this. Sorry I had to watch this movie. It's okay, Scott. Get out of here, Scott. Scott Holiday, everyone. Check out Plus Two Wrestling. So the man, like, screams because part of his face is gone. He, like, bangs on the window. And, like, I guess it's because he's a bear. And it, it, like, makes sense for bear. But, like, it's very clear that there's no script. And they filmed it out of order. And they just messed this up. They get the car started. And they run into Pooh with the car. But he's able to get, or the pickup truck, rather. And he's able to get on top of it. And then we have one of my favorite directing choices, which is what I like to call saw driving. Because in the saw movies, it's very clearly a car in a black void being sped up while they shake it. Like It's actually very close to, uh, to bring up another Stay Doom show. How they filmed driving sequences in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, where it's clearly just vehicle in a black void being shaken because they can't actually film the car going somewhere. Uh, they cause the the car to kind of like crash. Uh, Glasses Girl kill, gets killed. And we're down to just Maria. Maria is like being held by the throat, so desperate to just like get away. And out of nowhere, Christopher Robin arrives driving a car. Where did he get that? I don't know. And somehow smashes into just Pooh, even though, like, Maria's right there being held. And Pooh gets, like, smashed between these two cars. And uh, Christopher Robin grabs Maria and goes, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. What do you mean it's okay? Like, your body is destroyed because you've been tortured for who knows how long. All her friends are dead. There's no one around. You're still lost in the woods. Lost in the woods. And there's, like, everything is terrible. How is it okay, Christopher Robin? Guess what? 
Pooh's alive. Pooh uses like magical strength to uh, pull the push the cars apart and uh, walks over and grabs Maria and like a large knife that he like cleans first because he doesn't want to kill her with a dirty knife and is about to slit Maria's throat when Christopher Robin says, leave her, take me, take me. You're the one, like you want me, leave her alone. She has nothing to do with this. And Maria says, you can't do this, he'll kill you. Which like these two characters met each other once. Like, why are they suddenly like, no, kill me. Christopher Robin, man I found tied up in a house, deserves to die more than me. No, 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 no. Kill me. Girl I've just met who saved me deserves to be alive. Like, I know exactly the torture I will face, and I'm okay with going back to that. Pooh grabs the knife and looks at Christopher Robin and simply says... And slits her throat. Which would be kind of a big moment because he's breaking his vow and speaking for the first time to say, you left, this is your fault. This is, again, a breakup revenge story. He can't deal with the fact that Christopher Robin left. And he kills her and... Christopher Robin's like, no, 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 no. Please, why? Wouldn't all of this make more sense if it was his wife? Like, why why not just do that? Anyway. Christopher Robin gets up and runs into the woods. And the movie ends. So just everyone's dead. Piglet's dead. Who's alive and Christopher Robin's alive. And then credits that end with Winnie the Pooh will return. Now, a couple things I got to talk about here, gang. Uh, I know I had a lot of misconceptions. And again, I was taking you on my ride with this. When my road of discovery of like, oh, that's not his wife. I I think is very important to my experience with this film. And, you know, I wanted, you know, there's tons and tons of reviews of this film, but you chose to go through it with me. So I want to give you the, the Noah experience here. And uh, the film is nothing. Like, it's very clear to me that they were like, Winnie the Pooh is going to be public domain. We need to make this movie now. Let's make the costumes Let's think of some effects we know we can do. And then we'll just, we'll make a movie around it. There's clearly no, like, plot here. But they set up a sequel where Christopher Robin's alive and Pooh's alive, right? The sequel is coming out, which is simply called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. But this one will have Tigger in it. Huge missed opportunity not calling this Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. Might be too close to the Disney thing, though. But again, that's what the problem with this film is. Is that uh, you can have all these great ideas of what should happen, but legally they might not be able to. And if you watch the trailer for 2, 
the plot seems to be that Winnie the Pooh and friends are now hunting Christopher Robin. It's not the same actor from the first movie. And they do this weird thing in the trailer where, like, this guy covered in galls ends up in a hospital under the care of this, like, nurse or doctor. And my thought is, that's Christopher Robin. They found him in the woods, and he's like, this is what happened to me. But Christopher Robin's the nurse. And there's this discussion of, like, they're they're coming back. And you see Pooh and Piglet and Tigger and, I believe, Rabbit kind of, like, coming out of the earth like they're zombies. And they are going to uh, go to Ash City or Ash Town and burn it to the ground because of Christopher Robin. This, to me, does not appear to be a sequel. This appears to be a reboot. It appears to me like the events of the first movie will not be addressed at all in the second film. They do say it's something like this is the events happen or the murders happening in Ashtown uh, appear very similar to those of the Hundred Acre Wood Massacre. But it seems to me like this might be their attempt at doing what they should have done with the first movie. So they're scrapping the first movie and the second movie is going to have a completely different plot because there's no reason for them to be coming out of the ground at all. Like, maybe if it was just Piglet, sure. But if you look at the events of the first movie, it is implied that they must have also eaten Owl and Rabbit, but Owl and Rabbit are in this movie alive. Uh, Piglet's going to be alive. It's going to be a different Christopher Robin. I think this is going to be a completely different film, which to me is very scary because they've already announced that they are doing a cinematic universe of public domain. It's going to be something like Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare. And it's like a horror Bambi. Not like the the Rock Bambi 2 SNL commercial, uh, but it's some sort of Bambi horror movie. This all kind of sounds fun, But it's very clearly, based on what we're seeing here, just a cash grab. Like, no thought is being put into this other than, these are the things that sell. We don't have to do anything else other than just make these promises and people will go see it. I, it's a stay doomed, first and foremost. But I actually had to vote already for the Razzies. And I voted for... The Exorcist, because it was clearly just a cash grab that didn't have the heart of the Exorcist films. And I've said a hundred times on this podcast when it came to Razzie Month, the worst picture, if it delivers on what it promises, you can't fault it. And like... I kind of felt that way going into the Meg, like, oh, it just needs to be a big, dumb shark movie. And it is for the like the last 20 minutes, but the beginning of it is not big, dumb shark movie. 
I could not comprehend that they would fail so hard in creating big, dumb, scary Winnie the Pooh. Like, at times, you could just be like, this doesn't need to be Winnie the Pooh. This is actively not making sense being Winnie the Pooh. And one of the, like, it seems like just such a failure and no thought is put into it because Piglet kind of has like a signature weapons with the chain and the uh, sledgehammer, which, by the way, I think invokes Bebop a little too much from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I digress. Pooh, he uses a machete and he uses like a kitchen knife at some point, but he has no signature weapon. And I think that's very dumb because if you do any sort of research into like what you should be doing uh, as an iconic horror movie, you need to make them distinct for like costume reasons. Like you want people to be like, I want to be Winnie the Pooh from Blood and Honey for Halloween. So I need like the stick with shards of clay honeypot that he uses as a weapon. This also would then make him viable for something like Dead by Daylight. Because that's kind of the thing I go into every horror movie now thinking is, could this be a Dead by Daylight killer? Like I watched, what was that? Malignant? Malignant's monster should be in Dead by Daylight tomorrow. Like you can see like what the mechanics of Dead by Daylight would be uh, in this. Uh, But Winnie the Pooh does nothing special. All of his kills are things that I've seen in other movies. Like, I'm pretty sure Jason Voorhees feeds someone a machete at some point. Like, nothing in here is innovative or interesting in any way. And I couldn't help but think back to another Razzie movie we covered here, and that's what we lovingly called Marky Mark and the Infinite Sadness. Uh, The movie's actually called Infinite, starring Mark Wahlberg. But there's a scene in that where they, the bad guys are interrogating someone and they honeyboard him. They take like honey and they pour it over his nose and mouth so he can't breathe. And then like they let him sit up and he kind of spits out this glob of goo. And it's like, oh, I won't tell you anything. So they honeyboard him some more. Honeyboarding would make a whole lot more sense in this film. But none of that happens. It's just a failure in every way. It does not deliver on what it says on the tin. If I could go back, I would vote Blood and Honey as the worst film of the year. And it's one of those situations where you look at what's up for worst picture. You know, Shazam and uh, Exorcist and the Meg. And it's like blockbusters that failed. And then you see Blood and Honey and you're like, if I had to pick one of these to be the negative 10, I would pick that one. Like, this is going to be so bad, it's good. It's just bad. Like, this movie is a negative one. Like, it's definitely has its moments where you're enjoying it for the wrong reasons, mostly because of that first 15 minutes. But in the end, there's just no substance to this movie. And it just fails on being 
a good horror movie or a good horror spoof. It's just nothing. And it it's probably one of the closest to a zero. And I've said this many times. I still don't know what the Razzies is as someone who's voted. I don't know if they're looking for the worst movie, the zero, or the best worst movie, the negative 10. But this is definitely closer to a zero and is just a failure of a film. So that's going to do it, I guess, for uh, <laughs> Blood and Honey. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest, Scott Holiday for stopping by to give his wrestling point of view of uh, one of the moments in the film. I greatly appreciate Scott. Scott, you still here? He's a busy man. He's not here. Uh, but check out Plus Two Wrestling. Uh, and also, thank you so much for listening. If you want to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Uh, I believe we're going to try to partner with Scott soon. Uh, we've been trying to rebrand the the Patreon for so long. Uh, and we just, it, it just keeps not happening. And I apologize for that. But thank you to our patrons for for being patient with us and supporting us. Uh, thank you to an amusing moose for being a super special patron. And if you want to talk to us, uh, the Stay Doom Show at gmail.com if you want to talk to us. Or you can hit me up on X or Twitter. I'm at Plus2Comedy if you want to talk to me about how you would make an actual good Winnie the Pooh horror film. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Actually, you know what? If you're, if you're still here, there's a small favor I want to ask of you. Uh, there's an experiment I'd like to run, and if you've made it to the end, you get to be part of the experiment. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, apparently it's good for the algorithm if you click share and then you click copy link, but you don't even have to share it. Just do that action. I just want to see how that affects this video, if everyone who's gotten to this point does that. That cool? Thanks. Until next time, stay doomed.